Welcome into your betting show for this week's President's Cup. I'm Rick Gaiman, that right there, Andy Lack. Andy, it's not the Ryder Cup, it's the President's Cup. It's been mostly one-sided over the years, but I think there is enough opportunity for us to find some uh, some wagers to be made. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, I think the U.S. price has kind of gotten a little bit off the rails at this point, but luckily we'll be able to talk through a couple other markets that I have some interest in. Yeah, that price that you're referring to uh, here on the Odds Checker grid is basically minus 700 across the board. Some places even even worse than that, with now the internationals getting up to plus 750 if you like the upset. You and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I I did not like it when I bet the U.S. at, I think I got it at minus 310 something like that because there hadn't been the new I mean we knew Cam Smith was leaving we knew Joaquin Neiman was leaving but that they hadn't been replaced yet odds markets hadn't reflected it yet I didn't really love it at minus 310 minus 700 feels aggressive yeah I mean at the end of the day we still need to remember that match play is an extremely extremely variable way of determining a champion in golf. And if you run through past president's cups, I think people would be surprised to see that it's not always the blowout that right. everyone is expecting for. It's a lot of 1914, 1815, you know, a, a, a lot like that outside of the Liberty national year where they did kind of blow them out. If you go through pretty much through the past two decades, it's a lot of us winning and being one-sided, but it's not like they're embarrassing the international side out there. And listen, I think that this is a stout us team. I really do. I think that this us side is talented as hell. And I say that even without us having a guy like Will Zalatoris, right. Or even some of the live players that we've lost like Dustin Johnson. My issue is even compared to past international teams, I just think the talent gap is too much this year for, for them to overcome. And we can talk about the golf course. I do think Trevor Immelman did a really good job, yeah. you know, with his picks, but for me, it's just too, there's too much of a talent gap for me to see a universe where the international team actually wins it. Yeah, he was allotted uh, two additional captain's picks because of the departure of Cam Smith and Joaquin Neiman. And I, I agree with you. Based on the pool of golfers that he had available to him, he found great drivers of the golf ball, which at Quail Hollow, and especially the way it's likely to be set up uh, by Davis Love the third, because he gets his fingerprints on, on that bad boy, you're going to have to drive it well. 100%. And I mean, uh, the rough from what I've seen and the reports is it's even going to be shorter than we'd normally see it for the Wells Fargo. Now with two inch rough at the Wells Fargo, this is already a very driver heavy course that tends to be very, very kind to players that hit it a long way off the tee. You scan through the Wells Fargo leaderboards. It's a lot of Rory McIlroy. It's a lot of Jason day, Jonathan Vegas, Luke less Victor Hoblin, Bryson DeChambeau, Keith Mitchell. These are the guys that are populating the leaderboards of the Wells Fargo the last three years. Now you shorten up the rough even a little bit more. Uh, I think from what I've heard, they'll probably move up some of the tees just a little bit sometimes too, to inhibit more birdies. They have changed the routing a bunch, which we could talk about, but is also not the best podcasting, right? But <laughs> you know, it, it, you add all of this up together, Rick. And to me, this is 
a golf course that uh, is going to a lot of the power and the pop that the United States team has off the tee. And, you know, Cam Davis and Taylor Pendrith, those guys can hang 100%. But I think it's just going to play even more so in the United States hands. Uh, Despite thinking that this line is too long for, or I guess too short for the United States at minus 700. If, if I had no outstanding ticket right now, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure I'd even bet this market. I think I'd find other markets, right? I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily mean I want to drop some money on the internationals at, at plus seven. Like to me in this moment, if I did not have any outstanding tickets, I would probably not be betting the overall outcome of the president's cup. Definitely not. And we can talk about like, there's different ways to do it. I was, um, I was looking at, you could bet lead after first day for the United States is That's minus two twenty five. That's a little bit more palatable. I mean, we can get into picking the exact score market, which is, a, you know, I'm not sure if I'm there yet totally, but yeah, I don't, the quote unquote value at this point would be on the international side if we're just picking to win, but I don't even think I could get there myself either. The I actually just wrote this up for Golf Digest. Like the um if you can't stomach the minus seven hundred, the minus two fifty for the US after day one is the much more reasonable one. They're playing alternate shot day one, and you know they're gonna roll out Cantlay and, and Xander, who are three and zero in that format. You're probably gonna get JT and Jordan Spieth, who have plenty of alternate shot. You might get Billy Horschel and Sam Burns, who finished you know second to Xander and Cantlay at the Zurich. They've played alternate shot together, and that doesn't even include probably getting the number one player in the world out there at some point on Thursday. Like I- I'm much more comfortable taking the U.S. in what is probably the best format for them on the opening day. Hundred percent agree. Um, I think the U S is going to come out with a bang. I think the international team, and this is why I've been having trouble kind of figuring out where I want to go in the top international point score and stuff like that. I don't have a great sense of what Trevor Immelman is going to do with the pairings, to be honest with you. And you may even more so better than I, because you've, I know you've spoken to him before and done some interviews with him before, but in the past, Rick, We've seen this departure for the international side where kind of towards the beginning of the 2000s, they used to just always pair the same players together from the same country. And as they've gotten more analytically based and analytically driven, they've departed from that a little bit and not been so afraid to pair guys from Canada and Korea together. um, If it, if their games fit together, I'm just not sure I have a sense of where, Immelman is going to go. I mean, the only two guys that I would say feel like locks to play every day are Sungjae and Hideki, uh, in my opinion. But do you really have a sense of how Immelman is going to make out some of these pairings? A little bit, yes. And this is a professional tease. We will jump into the way I think that he's going to use those uh, right after these words. Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know, and I mean that as an absolute compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available, and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, the Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event, and he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we 
love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. And we're back. Okay, so I, I think you're right. I think Sung Jay plays five sessions, barring something absolutely stunning happening. And I think Hideki does the same. And also, I think Adam Scott, who has played 44 of 45 President's Cup matches in his career, I think has a real good shot at it. The, the, the wild card that I think plays a lot is Tom Kim, uh, who who Trevor has been very high on, not only from a golf standpoint, as you can imagine, but also from a teammate standpoint. So he is acting as translator for a lot of the South Koreans, which means he is a good partner for KH Lee, for Siwoo Kim, for Sung Im, also for anybody else who speaks English or who anyone else who his game fits. Like he is able to be plugged into almost every single situation. I would not be surprised to see Tom Kim play a lot. And he has the type of game that I think could probably fit pretty well with a lot of players on the team. I think the obvious pairing would be Sung Jay. You know, Tom Kim has talked about how Sung Jay has been a bit of a, you know, a role model to him. He's only a couple years older than him, but, but Sung Jay is another Korean player uh, that came out on the PGA tour very early and experienced some success. Um, I, you know, you could pair a guy like Tom Kim and Corey Connors in alternate shot, and you could just say, Hey, hit every single, not hit every single fairway, knock your mid to short irons close when you have them just play consistent, clean golf. And that could work together pretty well. I kind of go back and forth on, um, in pairings, Rick, this is like another. This is a whole other fun podcast idea. But are you more of the? You want to see guys that have similar skill sets together. Or you want to see guys that have kind of dueling skill sets together. Um, I think similar, and I think yeah, that I, I I just think that on paper, putting uh, a really great putter with Corey Connors, for example, makes a lot of sense, but it, it doesn't always work out that way, especially an alternate shot where if you get off, if you get off script an alternate shot where now Corey Connors is putting for you, like you're totally screwed, right? Where if, if you've, if you've stacked it in that way, where you're going to put a really good putter with Corey Connors and you get off script. Um, the other situation is, and we've seen some guys, I don't have the quotes, but we've, we've heard guys say, that they like playing with guys that have sim similar skill sets because they're used to playing out of similar situations. You know, whoever was paired with Phil Mickelson for all those Ryder Cups and President's Cups was playing out of positions like you're not used to being in when Phil puts you at like, you know, 40 yards left in some trees and only Phil can extract himself from those spots. So I think I, I've settled on um, putting together similar skill sets and also stacking your best players together. I, I, I would rather make three and a half or four super pairings than try to get Hideki to carry KH Lee. A hundred percent. I agree with that. You want like, you almost want guys with somewhat similar driving distances, right? Because yeah. the way that these guys are playing these practice rounds, they're mapping out a way that they're going to play the course. And so once you get them into alternate shot, like you do not want situations where, you know, there's a drivable par four and for Kevin Kisner, it's a layup. And for Bryson, it's a driver. And then you get to that hole and there's some confusion on the tee about what it's going to do. And the other person is not used to practicing that certain chip shot because they play the hole, a completely different strategy. I completely agree with you on that. And what's interesting to me about the international team, because the back end 
is kind of weak. You know, you could talk me into between Cam Davis, Taylor Pendris, Sebastian Munoz, Mito Pereira, Cage Lee, Christian Bezadenhout. Like, I don't really have a sense of who is going to emerge from that group as the guy that plays four or five times. Mm-hmm. I don't think Trevor does either. My guess would be that Trevor rolls out. Trevor plays the hot hand, right? If yep. Bezadenhout looks awesome on day one, and KH Lee looks bad, I think he'll probably ride Bezaden out. And that's that's the trouble that I'm having kind of seeking value at the back end of these markets are, I just think that Immelman's probably, he doesn't have as much leeway in terms of what Davis loves does, the way he can kind of just trot out anyone and be kind of okay. I think Immelman's going to have to kind of choose on the go here and, and ride with who's who's really playing well. Yeah, it'll be a situation where if Pendrith goes out with Corey Connors on Thursday and they win or play well or get a half a point or something like that, like you best believe Pendrith's going. going yeah, yeah, like he's going back out again on on Friday. So I've I've uh, I've made one click here on top international point score. It's Tom Kim. It's seven to one. Um, I guess there there might be a tiny moment, Andy, where when the first day pairings come out which will happen wednesday 4 p.m eastern time that you might be able to race over here and beat a book right if if you see like sebastian munoz and sung jm going out together uh, munoz at 14 to 1 might be interesting would you would you be willing to try to beat the books on speed yeah i'm definitely going to be at 4 p.m eastern on wednesday i'm going to be looking pretty closely at these markets and if we get some interesting weird pairings for both sides i mean that's going to change how i feel about it for example um one thing that i'm monitoring pretty closely on the american side is i really like sam burns this week sam burns i think rated out really well for me just in terms of the course fit of how i believe that quail hollow is going to play you know it's a driver heavy bermuda course that i think sam burns should have a lot of success on now the issue why I'm not running to bet Zam Burns for the American side is a, if he's paired up with Scheffler, I like that a lot more than if they put him with Billy Horschel every single right. day. And B, you know, he's a president's cup rookie. So to be honest with you on the American side, uh, the only guys that I feel comp confident are going to play probably every single match for the Americans I think JT is going to play every match mm-hmm. and then probably Xander, probably Scheffler, probably Cantlay, maybe Spieth, right? But like once you get into this U.S. side, like I don't know if Sam Love has so many options yes. that I don't know if Burns is going to play enough. Well, yeah, it's just one of the the U.S. has a lot of flexibility to just be like, okay, you're a rookie, you know, get your you know get your two or three matches in, and we'll see it. We'll see you next time, and just defer to Xander and defer to Scotty Scheffler as the number one player in the world, and defer to Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. Um, I think that the logical scenario is Xander plays every session, JT plays every session, Scotty might, but Scotty's not like that killer instinct guy who's going to be begging to be in every single session. He's such a good teammate. He'll defer to a lot of others. Um, and then I think can't like could get a rest because he's always got like the lingering back and stuff like that. I think they could, they could give can't a, a, a session off. You might not see him in both sessions on Saturday. The, the two that I really like in terms of value here are Homa and Morikawa. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping they get 
they they get paired together. Morikawa was awesome at the Ryder Cup and lost his partner DJ. Homo's been great at Quail Hollow. Could plug in, obviously, just off fresh off a of victory, and could get plugged in with uh, just another Cal Bear Colin Morikawa pairing. And like you could see these two playing well, playing together, and just running rough shot through the international team. I completely agree. I think that is a that would be a really fun pairing. Two LA guys, two Cal guys. Uh, Morikawa is kind of like, he's kind of a cheat code in terms of like the pairings that you can put with him. It would be interesting for me. Another one that I was looking at is what if you slot Cam Young into that DJ role from the yeah. Ryder Cup and you get Morikawa and Cam Young together? Both are two guys that have pretty even you know, demeanors, right. That I think could work pretty well together. Um, so yeah, I, I think for me, this is a situation where I am probably, if I'm betting this market for the American side, I think probably JT would be where I go because I, you know, he's one at quail hall and I at least know that he's going to get his opportunities. Other than that, before I click on a Burns, a Homo, or a Morikawa, or a Young, I'm waiting till those first pairings come yeah. out. Justin Thomas seven to one. Cam Young on paper, I just I just love in match play, but there's just there's just so many guys. There's so many guys, so it's hard to it's hard to really um, parse through. So here's top American rookie on the odds checker grid. It's it's incredible that Scotty Scheffler and Colin Morikawa fall into the American rookies section of this because um, you know Morikawa. I mean, the last time we had this was 2019. And the yeah. ascension for these two now making their president's cup debut. So th those two have the shortest odds, Scotty at plus 240, Morikawa plus 333, Burns, Homa, Young, and Horschel fill out the rest of the way here. Um, I, I, I almost like taking top American point score over top American rookie because Scotty is lurking at the top of this. Yeah, probably. I mean, I... Again, I like Burns the most just because of the course fit. But here's the thing. If you want to take some chances down here, I, I will say this, not to put conspiracy theorist hat on, Go ahead, but <laughs> like to me, if the U.S. gets out to a big lead, this doesn't feel like they're going to, this doesn't feel like step on your throats. Just I could see them giving some more guys at the back end, some more opportunities if they get out to a massive leave. Maybe if this was the PGA Tour versus Liv, it would be step on your throats. But at the end of the day, it does almost seem like all of the guys competing this week on either side of the equation are kind of on the same team in the big macro equation of the golf world right now. I think just looking at some of the interviews and the quotes that people have said, I don't know if I see as much animosity between a European uh, between a U.S. and an international team as I would see between a European and a U.S. team for the Ryder Cup, and I think that has to do completely with Lev and the fact that there's this bonding between all of the guys that are playing in the President's Cup at the end of the day have kind of stayed together and are and are in this together versus instead of making the internationals the enemy at the end of the day in the golf world right now, it's really live. That's the enemy to everyone. Right. So I, listen, if you want to take some shots on some guys, do I think if the U S sweeps the first day and gets to like an eight to one lead in, in the second day, do I think that we'll probably see some more Billy Horschel and Kevin Kisner on day three? I do. 
I do. Now, do those players probably have a good chance to beat the internationals too and keep the ball going? I do as well, but that would be the only, that would be the only wrinkle that I would throw in there as well. The international rookie board is much more interesting one because there's eight of them. And I think we kind of already said like outside of Sung Jay and Hideki who are not rookies, it's kind of wide open here now, Andy worth noting. So odds checker has this coming in from bet three, six, five Tom Kim as the favorite here at plus 300 with Corey Connors at plus 333. But if you compare that to just the straight up top international odds, uh, Corey Connors plus 650, Tom Kim plus 700. So that, that doesn't necessarily jive with, with one another, but this is, um, this is a much more compelling, if I can find it again, here it is a much more compelling market to be in because yeah, you might get a Mito Pereira hot hand. You might get a Cam Davis hot hand situation. Yeah. And I think just based on course fit, probably Davis and Pendrith would be the guys that I would look at just because I do think that they can hang on a driver heavy course with the Cam Youngs and the Tony Finals of the world. Corey Connors actually has been pretty sneaky good on longer courses, despite us thinking maybe that he's more of a short positional guy. You look at places like Bay Hill and the way that this course is going to be set up. I don't think you're crazy for making Augusta comparisons, right? Especially now that there will be even less penalty for wayward driving than there usually is in a Wells Fargo. Um, so I would probably lean Davis or Pendrith, but I even the odds, they're just, I don't know if they're juicy enough for me to really get there. Um, one of my favorite things is Sunday singles and just, yeah. like, I'm just probably just going to bet every single match just because like I'm sick and I only get it once a year. And I just love 12 matches where I can bet all of these guys. Are the Americans going to be favored in every single match? Probably. I mean, let me ask you a question. Let's take a solid middle of the road international player. Kevin Kisner versus uh, Cam Davis. What's the line in that? Oh, see, that's a really good one. Um, yeah. See, I would see, I would, I know what I would set the line at. I just don't think that's what the line is going to be. Like, I think Cam Davis should be like minus 120. But 100% agree. But Kisner gets think. respect. You he know? gets respect. It's going to be, you know, they, they, it's going to be a home game. Right. And Kisner, ha like, Kisner was a 54 hole leader at Quail Hollow. Uh, for the PGA Championship. He has another top 10 finish. There. I don't think it's a great fit on him, a great fit for him in the current 2022 version of himself, but that's not necessarily what I think books care about. Um, I mean, I guess you could get a situation where, you know, first match out, Trevor Ribbleman says, okay, we're going with Hideki. And Davis Love offers up a sacrificial lamb and says, here's Kevin Kisner. Uh, I guess Hideki would be the favorite there, but I think even I think at the Ryder Cup, I think John Rahm was the only favorite on Sunday, and Scotty waxed him. Yep, yep. I was there in person. I followed that match from start to finish. Yeah, I mean it'll be it'll probably be a situation where it's going to depend how they make their lineups based on what the lead is, and you could probably expect that the U.S. will have at least somewhat of a lead heading into Sunday. But yeah, I think that, you know, the only time that an international player might be favored in a matchup is if they're playing maybe Kisner or Billy Horschel. But other than that, it's going to be a lot of U.S. chalk, right? I mean, even if you take 
what do you think the line on Hideki JT is? Oh, JT is like a massive favorite there. Yeah, like, I think like minus 140. One, I, don't, I was going to yeah. say 150. Yeah. 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 So. That's, all right. Uh, Andy, any final thoughts? Anything else we missed on before we get out of here for the press cup? No, I don't think so. Just um, just to mention, we talked about this a touch off air, but I will post, I will go more in depth with some bets in the Wednesday article instead of the regular DraftKings article. I just, from what I've seen, there's a lot more interest in the prop markets this week than there is in the DraftKings slate. So if you have more interest in hearing some of my thoughts on the betting market, I will break stuff down even further on the article coming out tomorrow morning. There you go. Uh, producer Mina does all the hard work behind the scenes. Andy Lack available on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your betting preview for this week's President's Cup. Good luck.